Just a housekeeping notice before we begin. All scriptures in this talk are used from the New King James Version of the Bible. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for all things are possible with you. May this talk empower the listener with truth and with more understanding of what you did in the past for humanity, what you are doing with us today as believers, and what you are going to do with our salvation for the future. In Jesus' name, I praise you for hearing and blessing this prayer. Today's talk is titled, You Are Never Far From God. <clears throat> Excuse me. When God makes hunger exist in a man's soul to not be satisfied with enough, I love it. Two words spring to mind when I think about this, and they are his rod of authority and his staff of power. What good fortune is this? Picture this, you and God with your life between you. The rod and staff strike your situation and not you. There are 12 ways to know God with your circumstances. One day, God will ask you to pick just one of those 12 descriptions about himself and how he will be known to you through them. By faith, as we understand it in Hebrews 12, uh, Hebrews verse 1 is like this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Breaking it down into a more tangible way will be to recognize it working like body parts to see God's glory. See the insight from a prophet's speech. Hear the sound of wisdom when an apostle will give, you, will give to empower you. Feel the mood from your experience like a student while making choices. Taste the knowledge from a teacher's lesson to understand if it was good or not. Smell the result from a pastor's action if it's true or false. Live with the truth as an experience. Bringing to life your freedom from any adversity is believing in who God is and what Jesus claimed about God and how the Holy Spirit opens the truth for you. To get to know someone, you have to have an experience with them on any personal level. Texting using any electronic means is not personal because you're, re because you're reading your own belief for its interpretation and you're having a bad day, it will come out in a bad way. If you're having a day that just seems everything is going wrong, it's going to come out being wrong. If you're in high spirits, then the likelihood is it's going to come out reading good. There happens to be no soundness in communicating this way until you have spoken with them or have shared a truthful moment. When you talk with others on the phone, you are able to hear the volume of sound and interpret how they will be impacting themselves with you. 
you will be able to decide if this is going to be a positive communication or a negative one. You will notice the difference in clarity or if it's in a form of confusion. You will be able to judge if it is going to be boring or if it, is, or if it will indeed be a hum humorous communication. Let's read Psalm 23 together. The Lord, the shepherd of his people. It is a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. Verse three, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse four, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Verse six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There are three areas of importance I would like to cover with this talk. My first key point is about focus. Is understanding where we are really at. Are you in background knowledge or are you behaving like a character? Let's meditate on something remembered. Are you agreeing with the inscription the passage refers to? Or maybe there is a little more to it. Like, what is he saying to us and our circumstances with him in mind? When I read Psalm 23, what immediately comes to mind for me was the actions he was talking about. In verse four, it makes it clear what he will do so we can have much. Remember it said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. So when we are putting things to death in our old self, everything else becomes our blessing which is the psalm which is the psalm it actually was made a song did you happen to notice what david claimed he claimed his faith was with the lord and described it was good and because of him he had no lack if i told you a description of david's life to someone to some degree I want you to notice the types of circumstances that came with it and they help us. It's not what we are going through that matters. It's where our faith is that is important. Do you trust him while in the thick of it? Are you going to press on even though you can't see an ending with it? According to a National Geographic article, King David was not born into royalty. 
he entered life as a humble shepherd, rose to found a dynasty, and he became a central figure in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. God sent the prophet Samuel to Bethlehem and guide him to David, a humble shepherd and talented musician. David was the youngest of eight sons of Jesse, a farmer and a sheep breeder of the Israelite tribe of Judah. David likely spent much of his boyhood tending his family's flock. One day he was summoned from the fields of the prophet Samuel who anointed him king of Israel while Saul was still king. I would like to add as Israel's second king, David not only built a small empire, he conquered Jerusalem which has made Israel's political and religious centre. He defended the Philistines so thoroughly that they never seriously threatened the Israelites' scrutiny again, and he annexed the coastal region. He went on to become the overlord of many small kingdoms bordering Israel. How did you view this spirit life? I thought, man, this guy has quite an attitude and a well set of behaviours because he had troubles going on in his personal life, wars coming at him left, right and centre with his professional life and trials after trial in his social life to say the least. Here is something, here is something to relate this to. We all know how difficult it can be buying a house and making a few renovations before selling. For those who love a challenge, will build a house and will know the dramas well that come with that, we come with, that it comes with very well also. For me, I'm a renter and I know how difficult it can be in keeping the property in good work and order to stay as a tenant. This guy built and founded a dynasty that comes with a lifetime of conflict, dramas, arguments, stress, pain and suffering. No, and now also, and adding to his woes, he had no experience, no insight and very little knowledge. But getting back to David, he was considered both a hero and anti-hero. David, as depicted in Hebrew Bible, is also, above all, a man profound contradictions. He is described as a man after God's own heart spiritually by one biblical author and a blood-stained fiend of hell physically by another. The word Satan is used in the Hebrew Bible to describe David as an adversary. He is depicted as feigning madness in a cowardly attempt to avoid wrath of the king of the Philistines. And he carried off with, uh, with the wife of a man named Nabal after shaking him down for flocks and herds under the threat of violence. In total, this guy had three things going for him. He was a warrior, a singer, and a conqueror. He came out of his darkness to be with God in glory.
Let's look firstly at what a warrior description is. It has two parts. Firstly, in a general sense, a soldier, a man engaged in military life. Secondly, empathetically, a brave man, a good soldier. Now, let's look at him as a singer. Again, this time is in three parts. Firstly, one that sings, fair enough. Two, one versed in music or one who, whose occupation is to sing as a chorus of singers. That's pretty special. And three, a bird that sings, still very important. Lastly, we have him as a conqueror. One who conquers is one who gains a victory. One who subdues and brings into, into subjection or possession by force or by influence. The man who defeats his agonistic in combat is a conqueror, as is the general or admiral who defeats his army. This gives us a good overall indication of what his personality and behaviour actually looks like in character form. And you can't help get the feeling this guy knows how to handle situations and can look after himself quite well. Let's look at, let's now look at the Lord to get an awareness of what he was like. As I read from a list, listen to the lifespan of Jesus with God. Lo, I come to do thy will of God. Hebrews 9, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. Firstly, let's start with his birth. Luke 2, verse 12. Then it's the child. Isaiah 7, verse 16. The young child, Matthew 2, verse 20. Then it confirms a child born, Isaiah verse 9, chapter 9, verse 6. The child Jesus, Luke chapter 2, verse 43. Her firstborn son, in Luke chapter 2, verse 7. The sent one of the Father, John chapter 10, verse 36. The Apostle, Hebrews 3, verse 1. A prophet, Acts 2, verses 22 to 23. A great prophet, Luke chapter 7, verse 16. The prophet of Nazareth. Matthew chapter 12, verse 11. A prophet mighty in deed and word. Luke 24, verse 19. A servant. Philippians verse, chapter 2, verse 7. The servant of the Father. Matthew chapter 12, verse 18. A servant, O Israel. Isaiah Chapter 49, verse 3. My servant, the branch. Zechariah, chapter 3, verse 8. My righteous 
servant. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 11. A servant of rulers. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 7. A Nazarene or Nazarite. Matthew chapter 2 verse 23. The carpenter. Mark chapter 6 verse 3. The carpenter's son, reputed, Matthew chapter 13, verses 55. He humbled himself unto death, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. A stranger and an alien, Psalm chapter 69, verse 8. A man of sorrows, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. A worm and no man, Psalm chapter 22, verse 6. A curse of God, or the curse of God, Deuteronomy 21, verse 23. His life was full to the brim, like a celebrity doing a media trial never taking a break and always in the public view. Listen below to how he is described now. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10. The strength of the children of Israel. Joel chapter 3 verses 12 to 16. A strength to the poor. Isaiah chapter 25 verse 4 A strength to the needy in distress Isaiah chapter 25 verse 4 A refuge from the storm Isaiah chapter 25 verse 4 A covet from the tempest Isaiah chapter 32 verse 2 The hope of his people Joel Chapter 3, verses 12 to 16. A horn of salvation. Luke chapter 1, verse 69. Listen now to Christ's lifestyle. Notice the patterns with his experiences. He was obedient. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. He was meek and lowly. Matthew 11, verse 29. He was guileless. 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 22. He was tempted. Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 15. He was oppressed. Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 7. He was despised. Isaiah, 53 verse 3 he was rejected Isaiah 53 verse 3 he was betrayed Matthew chapter 27 verse 3 he was condemned Mark 14 verse 64 he was reviled 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 23 he was scourged, John chapter 19, verse 1. He was mocked, 
Matthew chapter 27, verse 29. He was wounded. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. He was bruised. Isaiah 53, verse 5. He was stricken. Isaiah 53, verse 4. He was smitten. Isaiah 53, verse 4. He was crucified. Matthew chapter 27, verse 35. He was forsaken. Psalm 22, verse 1. He is merciful. Hebrews 2, verse 17. He is faithful. Hebrews 2, verse 17. He is holy, harmless. Hebrews 7, 26. He is undefiled. Hebrews 7, verse 26. He is separate. Hebrews 7, 26. He is perfect. Hebrews 5, verse 9. He is glorious. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 5. He is mighty. Isaiah 63, verse 1. He is justified. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. He is exalted. Acts chapter 2, verse 23. He is risen. Luke chapter 24, verse 6. He is glorified. Acts chapter 3, verse 13. You have to admit, this guy knows a thing or two about walking through some adversity to be at peace with himself. Remembering, civilization was aggressive in its day, if not brutal. Crime was it at an all-time high, your life was always under threat, and God and bad people were always after you. You are never knowing where your next feed was coming from, where you could rest for a good night's sleep, or even how you would stay safe. Just an interesting question, what did he hold onto with God? The answer is because he goes with truth. When it comes to the 12 names of who God is, he grew in knowing them all, which are the 12 crowns at the end of time. On a personal level, his lifespan lived knowing God by how he revealed it through his actions. Time and time again, he not only showed it, he also made it known for the resources he was using. And that, my dear friends, is the authority, power, anointing and glory from God with his circumstances made check markers throughout his life as a symbol he was there for us to recognize after he left the scene. Those names, for those who don't know what they are, let us go. Elohim, my creator. Genesis 1 refers to his faithfulness. Yahweh, my Lord God. Psalm 110 
verse 1 refers to himself. Adonai, Lord. Psalm chapter 8, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 6. El Shaddai, Almighty God. Genesis chapter 17, verse 7, 17, verses 1 to 2. El Elyon, God Most High. Genesis 14, verse 18. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Genesis chapter 22, verses 7 to 8 and 14. Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 to 26. Jehovah Nasai, my banner. Exodus chapter 17, verse 15. Jehovah Mekadesh, my sanctifier. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 8. Jehovah Tadisknu, my righteousness. Jehovah chapter 23, verse 6. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Judges chapter 6, verse 24. Jehovah Roy, the Lord our shepherd, Psalm 23. And I do apologize if I have pronounced some of those names wrong, um, but I did try my best. What was between Jesus and God was indeed the evidence of the authority, power, anointing and glory he spoke time and time again with the intention to bless people. He did all that just so others could see a deliverance with what troubled them. I don't know about you, but I think that is awesome. Yes, we have to put effort into making something appear. Just like a marriage, you have to put something in for it to become worthwhile and meaningful. But wait, you might say. That was then. Now, that was then. How does it look now? Good question. And here comes hope. After reading 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, it gives a clear outline to what kinds of troubles will be experienced in our lifespan. But understand this, in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. They will cause circumstances to rise up against you and others. Our focus will see the crime, but it is our choice to be snarred by it. My concentration rests in knowing how I can be content 
and at peace with myself when troubles surround my life to disrupt it. I would like to finish up by sharing with you a little something from my own life experience. Walking in darkness at night while being a young girl is dangerous. But I did this and over those years I gained an education I never dreamed of ever experiencing. It helped me to grow fast and think on my feet real quick or I would not see morning. But I loved it. It excited me to no end. It was a culture filled with danger and risks to every turn. I found out how crime speaks, how it operates, how it establishes itself with people, what gives life to it, and what breathes life back into it. Good news is I don't walk these streets anymore. And sadly, I didn't walk away leaving my scars behind either. My focus was on getting lost because I was having so much trouble. I wanted to hide from others and this seemed to be a good solution at the time for me. I was lost in my own beliefs and what I was actually capable of doing with my life. I used one world to switch off and another to switch back on. Some of you may recognize the yin and yang symbol. Half is colored white, the other colored black, and it makes up a complete, to complete a circle. The black represents lawlessness. The white represents lawful. This was a movement some years ago. Like anything, it seemed harmless at first, but when you become more involved, you are awoken to its darkness and you are left feeling there is no way out for you anymore. Great news is, there is. There is power in your choices and you have authority to make decisions. Today, more than ever, cults are forming around the world acting innocent at first, but underneath they are not. Their face is better known as crime, their multi-level body works illegally, their actions are ruthless against you. Their aim is to take you captive. There is everything superficially, this is everything superficially between you and God. What acts like a carpet is Jesus. He laid down over the top of it all for your freedom. Just like one hand over another, Jesus paid with his life. The ransom God required for sin, so you can use him to be at peace with yourself. God also took advantage of this by extending his invitation to join with himself and live forevermore in his paradise as he cannot come into darkness because of his glory. If you have never asked Jesus to come into your life, or if you would like to recommit your life to Christ, please contact your local church for assistance. Just 
a housekeeping notice before we begin. All scriptures in this talk are used from the New King James Version of the Bible. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for all things are possible with you. May this talk empower the listener with truth and with more understanding of what you did in the past for humanity, what you are doing with us today as believers, and what you are going to do with our salvation for the future. In Jesus' name, I praise you for hearing and blessing this prayer. Today's talk is titled, You Are Never Far From God. <clears throat> Excuse me. When God makes hunger exist in a man's soul to not be satisfied with enough, I love it. Two words spring to mind when I think about this, and they are his rod of authority and his staff of power. What good fortune is this? Picture this, you and God with your life between you. The rod and staff strike your situation and not you. There are 12 ways to know God with your circumstances. One day, God will ask you to pick just one of those 12 descriptions about himself and how he will be known to you through them. By faith, as we understand it in Hebrews 12, uh, Hebrews verse 1 is like this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Breaking it down into a more tangible way will be to recognize it working like body parts to see God's glory. See the insight from a prophet's speech. Hear the sound of wisdom when an apostle will give, you, will give to empower you. Feel the mood from your experience like a student while making choices. Taste the knowledge from a teacher's lesson to understand if it was good or not. Smell the result from a pastor's action if it's true or false. Live with the truth as an experience. Bringing to life your freedom from any adversity is believing in who God is and what Jesus claimed about God and how the Holy Spirit opens the truth for you. To get to know someone, you have to have an experience with them on any personal level. Texting using any electronic means is not personal because you're, re because you're reading your own belief for its interpretation and you're having a bad day, it will come out in a bad way. If you're having a day that just seems everything is going wrong, it's going to come out being wrong. If you're in high spirits, then the likelihood is it's going to come out reading good. There happens to be no soundness in communicating this way until you have spoken with them or have shared a truthful moment. When you talk with others on the phone, you are able to hear the volume of sound and interpret how they will be impacting themselves with you. 
you will be able to decide if this is going to be a positive communication or a negative one. You will notice the difference in clarity or if it's in a form of confusion. You will be able to judge if it is going to be boring or if it, is, or if it will indeed be a hum humorous communication. Let's read Psalm 23 together. The Lord, the shepherd of his people. It is a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. Verse three, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse four, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Verse six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There are three areas of importance I would like to cover with this talk. My first key point is about focus. It's understanding where we are really at. Are you in background knowledge or are you behaving like a character? Let's meditate on something remembered. Are you agreeing with the inscription the passage refers to? Or maybe there is a little more to it. Like, what is he saying to us and our circumstances with him in mind? When I read Psalm 23, what immediately comes to mind for me was the actions he was talking about. In verse 4, it makes it clear what he will do so we can have much. Remember, it said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. So when we are putting things to death in our old self, everything else becomes our blessing, which is the psalm, which is the psalm. It actually was made a song. Did you happen to notice what David claimed? He claimed his faith was with the Lord and described it was good, and because of him, he had no lack. If I told you a description of David's life to someone, to some degree, I want you to notice the types of circumstances that came with it and they help us. It's not what we are going through that matters. It's where our faith is that is important. Do you trust him while in the thick of it? Are you going to press on even though you can't see an ending with it? According to a National Geographic article, King David was not born into royalty. 
he entered life as a humble shepherd, rose to found a dynasty, and he became a central figure in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. God sent the prophet Samuel to Bethlehem and guide him to David, a humble shepherd and talented musician. David was the youngest of eight sons of Jesse, a farmer and a sheep breeder of the Israelite tribe of Judah. David likely spent much of his boyhood tending his family's flock. One day he was summoned from the fields of the prophet Samuel who anointed him king of Israel while Saul was still king. I would like to add as Israel's second king, David not only built a small empire, he conquered Jerusalem, which is made Israel's political and religious center. He defended the Philistines so thoroughly that they never seriously threatened the Israelites' scrutiny again, and he annexed the coastal region. He went on to become the overlord of many small kingdoms bordering Israel. How did you view this spirit life? I thought, man, this guy has quite an attitude and a well set of behaviors because he had troubles going on in his personal life, wars coming at him left, right and center with his professional life and trials after trial in his social life to say the least. Here is something, here is something to relate this to. We all know how difficult it can be buying a house and making a few renovations before selling. For those who love a challenge, will build a house and will know the dramas well that come with that we come with that it comes with very well also. For me, I'm a renter and I know how difficult it can be in keeping the property in good work and order to stay as a tenant. This guy built and founded a dynasty that comes with a lifetime of conflict, dramas, arguments, stress, pain and suffering. No, and now also, and adding to his woes, he had no experience, no insight and very little knowledge. But getting back to David, he was considered both a hero and anti-hero. David, as depicted in Hebrew Bible, is also, above all, a man profound contradictions. He is described as a man after God's own heart spiritually by one biblical author and a blood-stained fiend of hell physically by another. The word Satan is used in the Hebrew Bible to describe David as an adversary. He is depicted as feigning madness in a cowardly attempt to avoid wrath of the king of the Philistines. And he carried off with, uh, with the wife of a man named Nabal after shaking him down for flocks and herds under the threat of violence. In total, this guy had three things going for him. He was a warrior, a singer, and a conqueror. He came out of his darkness to be with God in glory.
Let's look firstly at what a warrior description is. It has two parts. Firstly, in a general sense, a soldier, a man engaged in military life. Secondly, empathetically, a brave man, a good soldier. Now, let's look at him as a singer. Again, this time is in three parts. Firstly, one that sings, fair enough. Two, one versed in music or one who, whose occupation is to sing as a chorus of singers. That's pretty special. And three, a bird that sings, still very important. Lastly, we have him as a conqueror. One who conquers is one who gains a victory. One who subdues and brings into, into subjection or possession by force or by influence. The man who defeats his agonistic in combat is a conqueror, as is the general or admiral who defeats his army. This gives us a good overall indication of what his personality and behaviour actually looks like in character form. And you can't help get the feeling this guy knows how to handle situations and can look after himself quite well. Let's look at, let's now look at the Lord to get an awareness of what he was like. As I read from a list, listen to the lifespan of Jesus with God. Lo, I come to do thy will of God. Hebrews 9, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. Firstly, let's start with his birth. Luke 2, verse 12. Then it's the child. Isaiah 7, verse 16. The young child, Matthew 2, verse 20. Then it confirms a child born, Isaiah 9, chapter 9, verse 6. The child Jesus, Luke chapter 2, verse 43. Her firstborn son, in Luke chapter 2, verse 7. The sent one of the Father. John chapter 10, verse 36. The Apostle, Hebrews 3, verse 1. A prophet, Acts 2, verses 22 to 23. A great prophet, Luke chapter 7, verse 16. The prophet of Nazareth, Matthew chapter 12, verse 11. A prophet mighty in deed and word, Luke 24, verse 19. A servant, Philippians verse, chapter 2, verse 7. The servant of the Father, Matthew chapter 12, verse 18. A servant, O Israel, Isaiah chapter 49, verse 3. My servant, the branch. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 8. 
my righteous servant. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 11. A servant of rulers. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 7. A Nazarene or Nazarite. Matthew chapter 2 verse 23. The carpenter. Mark chapter 6 verse 3. The carpenter's son, reputed, Matthew chapter 13, verses 55. He humbled himself unto death, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. A stranger and an alien, Psalm chapter 69, verse 8. A man of sorrows, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. A worm and no man. Psalm chapter 22, verse 6. A curse of God or the curse of God. Deuteronomy 21, verse 23. His life was full to the brim, like a celebrity doing a media trial never taking a break and always in the public view. Listen below to how he is described now. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10. The strength of the children of Israel. Joel chapter 3 verses 12 to 16. A strength to the poor. Isaiah chapter 25 verse 4 A strength to the needy in distress Isaiah chapter 25 verse 4 A refuge from the storm Isaiah chapter 25 verse 4 A covet from the tempest Isaiah chapter 32 verse 2 The hope of his people Joel Chapter 3, verses 12 to 16. A horn of salvation. Luke chapter 1, verse 69. Listen now to Christ's lifestyle. Notice the patterns with his experiences. He was obedient. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. He was meek and lowly. Matthew 11, verse 29. He was guileless. 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 22. He was tempted. Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 15. He was oppressed. Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 7. He was despised. Isaiah 53 verse 3 He was rejected Isaiah 53 verse 3 He was betrayed Matthew chapter 27 verse 3 He was condemned Mark 14 verse 64 He was reviled 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 23 he was scourged, John chapter 19, verse 1. 
he was mocked. Matthew chapter 27 verse 29. He was wounded. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5. He was bruised. Isaiah 53 verse 5. He was stricken. Isaiah 53 verse 4. He was smitten, Isaiah 53, verse 4. He was crucified, Matthew chapter 27, verse 35. He was forsaken, Psalm 22, verse 1. He is merciful, Hebrews 2, verse 17. He is faithful, Hebrews 2, verse 17. He is holy, harmless. Hebrews 7, 26. He is undefiled. Hebrews 7, verse 26. He is separate. Hebrews 7, 26. He is perfect. Hebrews 5, verse 9. He is glorious. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 5. He is mighty, Isaiah 63, verse 1. He is justified, 1 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16. He is exalted, Acts chapter 2, verse 23. He is risen, Luke chapter 24, verse 6. He is glorified, Acts chapter 3, verse 13. You have to admit, this guy knows a thing or two about walking through some adversity to be at peace with himself. Remembering, civilization was aggressive in its day, if not brutal. Crime was it at an all-time high, your life was always under threat, and God and bad people were always after you. You are never knowing where your next feed was coming from, where you could rest for a good night's sleep, or even how you would stay safe. Just an interesting question, what did he hold onto with God? The answer is because he goes with truth. When it comes to the 12 names of who God is, he grew in knowing them all which are the 12 crowns at the end of time. On a personal level, his lifespan lived knowing God by how he revealed it through his actions. Time and time again, he not only showed it, he also made it known for the resources he was using. And that, my dear friends, is the authority power, anointing and glory from God with his circumstances made check markers throughout his life as a symbol he was there for us to recognize after he left the scene. Those names for those who don't know what they are, let us go. Elohim, my creator. Genesis 1 refers to his faithfulness. Yahweh, my Lord God, Psalm 
110 verse 1 refers to himself. Adonai, Lord. Psalm chapter 8 verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 6. El Shaddai, Almighty God. Genesis chapter 17 verse 7. 17 verses 1 to 2. El Elyon, God Most High, Genesis 14, verse 18. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Genesis chapter 22, verses 7 to 8 and 14. Jehovah Rapha, my healer, Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 to 26. Jehovah Nasai, my banner, Exodus chapter 17, verse 15. Jehovah Mekadesh, my sanctifier. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 8. Jehovah Tadisknu, my righteousness. Jehovah chapter 23, verse 6. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Judges chapter 6, verse 24. Jehovah Roy, the Lord our Shepherd, Psalm 23. And I do apologise if I have pronounced some of those names wrong, um, but I did try my best. What was between Jesus and God was indeed the evidence of the authority, power, anointing and glory he spoke time and time again with the intention to bless people. He did all that just so others could see a deliverance with what troubled them. I don't know about you, but I think that is awesome. Yes, we have to put effort into making something appear. Just like a marriage, you have to put something in for it to become worthwhile and meaningful. But wait, you might say. That was then. Now, that was then. How does it look now? Good question. And here comes hope. After reading 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, it gives a clear outline to what kinds of troubles will be experienced in our lifespan. But understand this, in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. They will cause circumstances to rise up against you and others. Our focus will see the crime, but it is our choice to be snarred by it. 
My concentration rests in knowing how I can be content and at peace with myself when troubles surround my life to disrupt it. I would like to finish up by sharing with you a little something from my own life experience. Walking in darkness at night while being a young girl is dangerous. But I did this and over those years I gained an education I never dreamed of ever experiencing. It helped me to grow fast and think on my feet real quick or I would not see morning. But I loved it. It excited me to no end. It was a culture filled with danger and risks to every turn. I found out how crime speaks, how it operates, how it establishes itself with people, what gives life to it and what breathes life back into it. Good news is I don't walk these streets anymore and sadly I didn't walk away leaving my scars behind either. My focus was on getting lost because I was having so much trouble. I wanted to hide from others and this seemed to be a good solution at the time for me. I was lost in my own beliefs and what I was actually capable of doing with my life. I used one world to switch off and another to switch back on. Some of you may recognize the yin and yang symbol. Half is colored white, the other colored black, and it makes up a complete, to complete a circle. The black represents lawlessness. The white represents lawful. This was a movement some years ago. Like anything, it seemed harmless at first, but when you become more involved, you are awoken to its darkness and you are left feeling there is no way out for you anymore. Great news is, there is. There is power in your choices and you have authority to make decisions. Today, more than ever, cults are forming around the world, acting innocent at first, but underneath, they are not. Their face is better known as crime, their multi-level body works illegally, their actions are ruthless against you. Their aim is to take you captive. There is everything superficially, this is everything superficially between you and God. What acts like a carpet is Jesus. He laid down over the top of it all for your freedom. Just like one hand over another, Jesus paid with his life. The ransom God required for sin, so you can use him to be at peace with yourself. God also took advantage of this by extending his invitation to join with himself and live forevermore in his paradise as he cannot come into darkness because of his glory. If you have never asked Jesus to come into your life, or if you would like to recommit your life to Christ, please contact your local church for assistance.